Good morning, sir. Morning, How sir. are you? I'm just reading about Russian super yachts. Oh, oh well, they won't be Russians anymore because they're going to have the yacht sold, aren't they? The super yachts. A lot have been impounded. Sorry. I said a lot of them have been impounded, but a lot of the people that work in the boat industry are a bit like, oh, we don't know if we should help the Russian fix their ex-boat because then they might end up getting in trouble. So, yeah, it's a bit of a mess. So you can they probably, they'll be on the market soon, Dave. You can buy yourself one. Well, you, we could get one each. Absolutely. Why not? We can get ourselves a lovely little... Oh, See, not once you, but once you've bought the yacht, how much do you think it costs to fill up the tank? Oh, my God. Um, probably five years of our annual salary. <laughs> and some. And some. And, some. Yeah. Yeah. and that, that, that'll only get you to South End. Oh, <laughs> we, have we, need a sailing, we need a sailing boat, Des. The wind is free. I was up at five. Watching rugby. As you do. Oh, I did. Was it a good match? I watched two, both excellent. One, one from New Zealand, one from Australia. They were really excellent. Because we're now May. The first of May today. Day. Yes. I couldn't believe it. Believe it. We had. <laughs> <laughs> after after the end of April comes the first of May. <laughs> I love it, Dave. Believe it. <laughs> I find it so hard to believe we're actually in May. Oh my God. Oh dear. Where is all the time gone? We're almost half the year. Yeah. Gone through half the year. It's going to be quite fun, you know. There, there may be Sundays, Dave, where I'm probably doing this from the from you have the to check um, how good your Wi-Fi is at your caravan. Yeah, we're going to do that. We can find out. Uh, yeah, it would be so much nicer for me though, because I can say to you, I'm sitting out here in this wonderful, you know, quiet. Watching the birds. There, there might be site rules against talking politics. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. We had our political jokes, us and them. Right. Back after a couple of weeks break, Desmond, are you ready for show 61? I am indeed, Dave. Gosh. Let's push the button and find out what happens. Welcome to this week's Des and Dave. In America this week, Marjorie Taylor Greene, otherwise known as the malevolent mistress of malarkey, is the first member of the US Congress to testify under oath about January the 6th. If Trump was still president, Ukraine would be screwed and Zelensky exiled, dead or imprisoned. American learn the language and rhetoric of a Republican loss. Thousands more Republican texts and email revelations revealed in the January 6th committee investigation. A coup in search of a legal theory. Audio contradicts McCarthy's denial in recommending Trump's resignation. Russian General Alexander Vornikov 
better known as the Butcher of Syria, had been appointed, has been appointed by Putin to lead his invasion of Ukraine. And in other news, Conservative MP Neil Parrish resigns after admitting to watching pornography in Parliament. House of Commons Speaker Sir Lindsay Hoyle said radical action and a review of working practices were needed. The call for change comes amid reports that more than 50 MPs are facing allegations of sexual misconduct. And with the local elections looming this week, who knows what the results will tell us. All that and more from Des and Dave. said to Abraham, kill me a son. And Abe said, man, you must be putting me on. God said, no. Abe said, what? God said, you can do what you want, Abe, but next time you see me coming, you better run. Abe said, well, you want this killing done? And God said, out on highway. 61. We've made it, Dave. We've we got have to made 61. it. <laughs> we made it. We made it. 61. Did you have a, you have a nice break? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I spent some time looking at some, um, purchasing an, a new home, um, holiday home, um, and uh, I'm just waiting for all the paperwork to go through. So that was my little exciting bit of news coming out of my break. What about you? Ah, uh, it was... Uh, the weather was nice. I ate lots of good food. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Now I'm still back to doing some DIY projects. But yeah, it was it, it was still busy times. You know, like you hear bits in the news and you say, "Oh, we are not doing the podcast this week." But like, <laughs> I feel feel like that could be any moment, any moment. No matter when you choose to take a break, the ton of news will arrive, and we will attempt to plow through it as hard as we can. Well, we did miss one exciting um, um, court scene, which was the scene of uh, our favourite lady, our malevolent mistress of malarkey, Marjorie Taylor Greene, giving um, giving uh, testimony under oath in a court case. Um, she's being tried at the moment under a Civil War era law that bars officials from holding office if they violate their oath um, to protect the uh, US. And according to this, it's, it's apparently the 14th Amendment to the US Constitution, and it states that no person shall be senator or representative in Congress, blah, 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 who having previously taken an oath, the blah, 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 <laughs> to support the uh, Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the, against the, the same. And she arg she's argued, Green, that is, has argued that January 6th wasn't an insurrection and that the 14th Amendment does not apply to her because she's not a Confederate. However, Democrats claim she played a key role in the January 6th Capitol riot Ms. Green, about aged 47, I believe, became the first sitting lawmaker to testify under oath about her alleged role in the attack in 2021, as Congress was meeting to cement Joe Biden's election victory over Mr. Trump. She testified to the Georgian courtroom that she had no knowledge of any attempt to illegally interfere with voting counting in Congress that day. She also repeated false claim that Trump actually 
won the election. For example, on the 5th of January, one day before the riot, Ms. Green said in an interview, this is our 1776 moment in what lawyers said was a reference to the year that the US declared independence from Britain, triggering a war. Under oath, she said that she had no memory of that statement and denied that references to 1776 amounted to a secret call for violence. The effort to ban Ms. Green from running is being led by an organization called Free Speech for People, a group that advocates for campaign finance reform. Um, a similar, it's worth noting that a similar suit against North Carolina Republican Madison Cawthon, who's regularly in the news just lately, was mm -hmm. dismissed by a federal judge last month. But we have an audio providing example of how Ms. Taylor sinks herself. In fact, you think that Speaker Pelosi is a traitor to the country, right? Uh, you're, I'm not answering that question. It's speculation. You, you've, you've said that, haven't you, Ms. Green, that she's a traitor to the country? No, I haven't said that. Okay. Put up Plaintiff's Exhibit 5, please. Oh, no, wait. Hold on now. I believe by not upholding the, uh, securing the border, that that violates her oath of office. Uh, Ms. Green, did you advocate to President Trump to impose martial law as a way to remain in power? I don't recall. Yeah, so you're not denying you did it, you just don't remember? I don't remember. Okay. Uh, Ms. Green, if somebody tried to unlawfully interfere with the process of counting the electoral votes, unlawfully, that person would be an enemy of the Constitution. Wouldn't you agree? Does it define that way? Is it defined that well, way? Well, I'm asking for your understanding. If somebody broke the law in a way designed to interfere with the process of counting the electoral college votes, that person would be an enemy of the Constitution. You mean interrupting Congress. Is that what you're referring to? Doing anything unlawfully to interfere with the process of counting the electoral votes. Interrupting Congress, like when the Democrats interrupted Congress and had a sit-in on the House floor and stopped Congress. Let, let, excuse me, excuse me. Could you rephrase your I'm, question? I, I'm entitled to ask my questions in the way I'd like to ask them, Your Honor. I, I ask that you listen to my question and simply respond. May I, may I proceed? Yes. So if someone broke the law in an effort to interfere with the counting of the electoral votes, that person would be an enemy of the Constitution. Am I right about that? Breaking the law is unlawful. There's been over 700 people charged uh, for the, what happened on January 6th. Right, and those people were trying to interfere with the lawful process of counting the votes for the Electoral College, right? I, I I would assume, yes, they, they did. They stopped okay. the electoral count. Yes. Right. And so those people would be enemies of the Constitution. You would agree with that, right? I don't know if it, I don't know. I don't know if it defines it that way. She's a bit out of her depth, isn't she? It's like it just dawned on her, like, uh, uh, that could be me. Dave, <laughs> isn't that superb? Fantastic. The number of times she says, I don't remember, um, I, 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 I lost, began to lose, seriously lose count after about 50. I thought, no more. I can't listen to any more of this. I don't remember. She has apparently no memories. But, you know, she told her followers that she couldn't allow a peaceful handover of power. And she called for the execution of Pelosi and Biden. No doubt she will also say that she doesn't remember doing that. Crazy. Well, the court hearing came to a close and the judge is now considering his recommendation because it would be a recommendation made um, about uh, whether or not she can remain on the ballot box. Um, 
and it will be made by Raffensberg, the Georgia um, Electoral Commission. The one who Trump mm -hmm. telephoned and wanted to get however many votes from him. Absolutely. He will be making the final decision as to whether or not her, her, her name is retained on the electoral um, voters register in Georgia or not. But the judge can only make a, um, a recommendation. So we wait to see, we wait with bated breath, breath to see what the recommendation is and whether or not Raffensperger will, um, <laughs> will be brave enough to make that decision. But she did really lost a lot of her credibility. If she indeed she had any. Well, at the minute, her own party don't even like her. One of the other figures similar to her is a woman called Lauren Boba. And only this last week, they ended up nearly getting into a fight with each other. They have to be separated by colleagues. Gosh. Because <laughs> remember, Marjorie Taylor Greene's the one that's gone to like the neo-Nazi conference and so on and so on. Yeah. And apparently Lauren Boba is really annoyed because she's getting lumped together with her. And she's like, I never went to the neo-Nazi conference, you know. Oh, God. What a thing to be arguing about. The other thing that came up uh, was uh, in the period while she was away was that um, the comments made that if Trump was still president, Ukraine would be screwed and Zelensky exiled, dead or in prison. Um, and um, I, I learned a wonderfully new word, counterfactual, um, which is Apparently, what it means is that if X had not occurred, then Y would not occur. You know, for example, if I had not taken a zip of coffee of hot co of this hot coffee, I would have burnt. I would not have burnt my tongue. And so it's a what if. Um, but you know, there's a Latin phrase for that. I don't know if I can remember it. It's post hoc ergo proctor hoc. Oh, Therefore, wow. because of after. And but what the whole point of it is is it's never normally true. A ah. plus B equals C. Anyway, don't it's not quite in the sense you were saying it, but yeah, it just reminded me. It's like the only Latin outside like carpe diem I can remember. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it, listen, that's a wonderful piece of piece of knowledge there because it's a word I've never encountered before, or rather, never had to use before, and I just thought, hmm, I like it. I will, you know, use it a little bit more because I used to use the word "what if," "what if this, 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 whatever." But anyway, um, but anyway, what, what ifs are usually, you know, always guesswork. Um, but what is increasingly apparent is that Ukraine would now be losing the war if Donald Trump had secured a second term. Um, and I'm, I'm tempted to recall the president of Montenegro. At the 2021, 20, I believe, or it may be rather 2020, um, uh, unite UN meeting, and where, where Trump pushed him out of the way as if he was, you know, some irrelevant individual, um, because he wanted to elevate himself to the front of the group. And I remember thinking that. Montenegro is a new addition to the UN, and more importantly, uh, a, a real pain in Vladimir um, 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 Putin's in, in, in Putin's reference book. He, he was very unhappy about um, about the, their joining the the um, UN, and um, Trump is treating him so despicably. Anyway, enough of that. The successful defense of Ukraine, and it has been successful, um, which we'll report on later, requires a lot of factors. For example, I think that it requires the bravery and skill of its armed forces. It required Russia bungling. Um, it required a unified and forceful response from its Western allies, economic sanctions, the sharing of intelligence and a massive infusion of weapons. So it would be true to say that if Donald Trump still occupied the Oval Office, none of this would have happened. 
Trump lacks the ability to think coherently, act strategically, or employ a quality team of advisors around him. After all, he wanted to dismantle NATO, despite what he says. Now, recently, Hannity from Fox News repeatedly asked Trump if Russia's invasion was evil. Trump declined to answer, instead ranting about NATO's weakness. And let's hear what he had to say. Trump and Putin, evil in our time. You came under some fire when you said that Vladimir Putin's very smart. I think I know you a little bit better than most people in the media. And uh, I think you also recognize he's evil, do you not? Well, I was referring to the fact that he said this is an independent nation talking about Ukraine. And I said, that's some said this is before there was any attack attack. He's calling it an independent nation. Now, a lot of things are changing. When you look, this doesn't seem to be the same Putin that I was dealing with. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Is that how you viewed Vladimir? Did you view Vladimir Putin and people like President Xi and Kim Jong-un and the Iranian mullahs as enemies that you needed to keep close? I got along with these people. I got along with them well. That doesn't mean they're good people. It doesn't mean uh, anything other than the fact that I understood them and perhaps they... We have mass graves. We have innocent civilians being slaughtered in the streets. We have entire neighborhoods leveled. We have war crimes and atrocities that have been well chronicled from Bucha to Mariupol. Mariupol's 95% wiped out. It's all rubble today. Um, I asked you the last time you were on whether you think that this is evil in our time. Do you believe this is evil in our time? I think in 100 years, people are going to look back and they're going to say, how did we stand back and NATO stand back, which in many ways I've called a paper tiger. Don't forget, I rebuilt NATO because when I became president, the first thing I noticed when I went there to the first meeting was that most of the countries were not paying or were paying far less than they were supposed to. There were only eight out of 28 countries that were paid in full. The United States was not only one of them, we were making up the deficits in order to protect Europe. We were paying possibly 80% of NATO to protect them. And then they take advantage of us yet on trade, because on trade, they're every bit as bad as China. They treated us very badly on trade. We changed a lot of that around, but they were very tough on trade. I asked Angela Merkel, how many Chevrolets are you selling this month in Munich or Berlin? And she looked at me, well, probably none. I said, you're exactly right, none. And yet we had the Mercedes-Benz and the Volkswagens and all of them. We had all of the German companies. And the same thing with farmers. Our farmers sell virtually nothing to Europe. You take a look at what we sell, and yet we take their product. They treated us very badly in trade, and we defended them. And we really, if you look at the real numbers, I'll bet you it's close to 80%. I said, you have to pay. And if you don't pay, we're not going to defend you. And as soon as I said that, everybody, we took in hundreds of billions of dollars, and NATO became rich. It was going down at a level that nobody, it was not even, it would not have been sustainable. You wouldn't be in a position now of, of giving them a rifle, let alone billions of dollars worth of equipment. So we did, I had a big impact. And then they, and by the way, that was an impact against Russia. The pipeline was against Russia. The sanctions were against Russia. And then I listened to the fake news say, Oh, President Trump loved Russia, and he didn't do much about Russia. Well, I stopped the pipeline, the biggest thing they've ever done. I created a powerful NATO because I got people to pay what they had to pay. They weren't paying. And, and nobody did sanctions like I did. So with all of that being said, when I look at what's happening, it never would have happened under the Trump administration, regardless of, of strength one way or the other. I knew Putin very well. Almost as well as I know you, Sean, and I will tell you, we talked about it. We talked about it a lot. He did want Ukraine, but I said, you're not going into Ukraine. He would never, ever have gone into Ukraine. Oh, what a re if that's how he's living in his head? Okay. That's lie after lie after lie. That's his ability to think coherently. He, he still hasn't answered the question. Hannity is asking, repeatedly asking the question. 
was Russia's invasion evil? He's still, we're talking about Chevrolets and you name it, everything, complete. Nobody buys them because they're not as good. That's why. <laughs> you can import a brand new one for like 16, 15 grand, right? Yeah, pay your import tax. It's still quite cheap, but they're not very good. And also, <clears throat> they're all gas guzzlers. Who wants to drive around in a 5.2 liter something something? You'll pay your, uh, you know, your, most of your salary in petrol. So, yeah. That's why you don't find many American cars in European countries. Precisely. But he, he, he won't, he wants us to believe, Trump wants us to believe that he's this strong man, but he won't condemn Putin's evil. And he was asked, let's face it, he was asked the easiest question in the world, at least three times. And he, yet he still can't answer the question. And you know, it's quite, it's quite ironic to think that had 44,000 votes swung the other way in Georgia, Arizona, and Wisconsin, Zelensky, as we had said, as we said earlier, would probably be at this moment, either in exile, dead, or in a Russian prison. That's Trump's contribution to world peace. What else have the Republicans been up to, Des? Well, Americans learned the language and rhetoric of a Republican loss. And what I mean by that is, Judge Jackson was finally confirmed as Supreme Court Justice. It was a first and it was a historic moment in American history. But this is what the Republican had to say. If Judge Jackson is confirmed, I believe she will prove to be the most extreme and the furthest left justice ever to serve on the United States Supreme Court. Judge Jackson will coddle criminals and terrorists. Judge Jackson is beholden to the radical left that is teaching our children that they can choose their own sex. Let me just say for the record, Sex crimes against children are not fiction. After four days of hearing and hearings, I now know why the left likes her so much. If we get back the Senate and we're in charge of this body and there's judicial openings, we will talk to our colleagues on the other side. But if we're in charge, she would not have been before this committee. On favorably reporting the nomination of Katanji Brown Jackson to be Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, the clerk will call the roll. Chair Durbin, the votes are 11 yeas, 11 nays. It's a tie vote. The committee has recorded a tie vote on Judge Jackson's nomination to be the Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. The person with the deciding vote was the uh, Kamala Harris. It was Herbert that finally swung it to Judge Jackson. But this is what, um, you know, she supports. Um, oh, she's easy on pedophiles. There's a whole pedophilic argument that's at the moment doing the rounds. Amongst well, that's their the... go-to. That's the, the current yep. line on anything, isn't it? But the thing and is, Mar Marjorie, a... funnily enough, Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of the ones that espouses that quite a lot. And when you look at what's, you know, recent scandals in lawmakers in America, it's a lot of Republicans that are being done for paedophilia. Yes. It's not, it's not Democrats, if, if you look like so. Yeah. They, uh, anyway, they, they are just using it and it, it dilutes it when they are throwing it. So, you know, but an interesting point, point here for you, Dave, is that. This is part of the Putin playbook. And if you go back, looking a little further back to Putin's early days, it's a playbook he used to get rid of um, his enemies, as well as the enemies of his predecessor. Um, and uh, it's one that Donald Trump now is funding is funding an organization called the American Foundation, the American, the AAF, the American, I can't remember the second day, but it's a foundation in which 
the Republicans are being taught to use this method as a way, instead of having proper debates about policy, uh, about um, the things that will, that, that you know, the, the, the issues of disagreement or disagreement with their, their opponents, no, what they're doing at the moment is they're lashing out at all their opponents and they they are ridiculing them. And part of the ridic ridicule is to make uh, uh, these false allegations that all their democrat democratic um, uh, the Democrats are uh, pedophiles of one kind or another. It was part of the Clinton playbook during the um, the first uh, election during Trump's election. I think where. He referred to Hillary Clinton as a pedophile operating from a pizza shop somewhere in, in America. So it is, it isn't, yeah, and they're all doing it. You're right, they're all doing it. So I'm afraid the Republicans are going to have to find a response to this, you know, to managing this issue. Whilst we've been away, there have been thousand more Republican texts and email revelations revealed in the January 6th uh, committee investigation. I don't know how we're going to cover all this. There's so many elements. There's the chief of staff <laughs> being done for the chief of staff, Mark yes. Meadows, being done for election fraud. And also some of the messages you just mentioned, it's like two and a half thousand from him between all sorts of people, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ivanka Trump. Like, it, it is... We are near the top of the tree. We are almost there, huh? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Republicans have truly misled American public about what's really going on. That's what we can say. In, um, well, I feel I can add to it because we've even got Clarence Thomas, uh, his wife, Virginia Thomas, to name as well in all of this. But I think that's um, the point. Maybe that's what we've not heard anything yet. Is because they are going to go for the big conspiracy. They're going to show it, I hope, is the only way. Because look at you are in the weaving tree. Now you're in the top level and you can weave it all. And all the talk is of conspiracy. This is why Mark Meadows initially was very compliant. And then when Odia is hearing the word conspiracy, he started to shut up. Pleading the fifth. Wasn't me. Was Governor. <laughs> but his own son sent a text to Mark Meadows in which he... And this is before the January 6th riot, in which, or, or, or immediately after, I, 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 can't, I can't remember exactly, but he, the text to Mark Meadows, in which he said, it's very simple. Um, we have multiple paths. We control them all. We have operational control, total leverage. We have the moral high ground. POTUS must start his second term now before Biden confirmation January 2021. We haven't even had the election results and already you know that you, your father has lost and you're saying this to his chief of staff, that he must start his second term. He didn't win a second term. And all of this information is now out there in the public. So... We've got some fun and games. And I think some of them will be providing public testimonies in the forthcoming months. We may even have Donald Trump. I think they need to ask him some direct questions. Um, but I, I, well, there was this interesting little Donald <laughs> Trump coup is cuckoo. <laughs> I thought it was quite an amusing little something, did he? No, you know what? There was no coup. It was an event, perhaps a take-back event, a coup, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't like coup. I just don't like coup. I don't like the P at the end of coup. I think you should take that P and push it. We're pushing P. Um, of course, if you take off P from coup, you have cow, which goes moo, which, you know, perhaps that's where they get coup. But do coup, who do? You do. Do what? Remind me of the babe. But yes, in many ways, uh, it wasn't an intentional planned coup, yes. 
I like that last <laughs> bit. I've, we've got to do that last bit again. But do who? Who do? You do. Do what? Remind me of the babe. But yes, in <laughs> many ways, uh, it was an intentional planned coup. Yes. <laughs> Very good, Des. Very good. Ten points. Dave, I love this. I loved it so much. I just thought I had to share it with you. <laughs> it's great in this modern age that everything seems to be captured. And it's very hard to get away with telling a lie without somebody pointing it out, whether uh, or not it makes it to other people's ears. Uh, didn't someone get caught on tape, Des? So many have. It's just so many. The audio, and you're quite right, but this one particular audio... The audio contradicts tape, contradicts McCarthy's denial in recommending Trump's resignation. Now, just a little bit of background to this, because this is really important. There is a book title, This Will Not Pass, right? It's, um, and it, it, it uh, gives an account of Trump, Biden, and the battle for America's future. And there are two authors, uh, Jonathan Martin and Alexander Burns. Now, on January the 10th, McCarthy convened a smaller group of House Republican leaders to share his thinking. Um, he was speaking with just three other top Republicans on a private call. McCarthy said he might call on Trump to resign. Um, he conferred with these people for um, more than 45 minutes. Um, they included Steve Calise, Liz Cheney, whom we know, and Tom Emma. Um, the Minnesota lawmaker who led the House Republican Campaign Committee. Now, the usually upbeat McCarthy was audibly anguished. And the, the gravity of the attack was still sinking in his head. And it seemed increasingly clear to him that he had to break with Trump. It was finally time to end their alliance. His plan, this is McCarthy's plan, uh, which he said on the, the 6th of January, the 10th call, was to approach Trump president at that time, and tell him it was inevitable that Congress would impeach him, and it was time for him to go. So he envisioned telling Trump of an impeachment resolution, and in, which, in which he said, I think this will pass, and it would be my recommendation that you, Trump, should resign. Um, and she, he then said that um, to people on the call with him, I've had it with this guy. What he did was unacceptable. Nobody can defend that, and nobody should defend it. Now, in the book, the authors call it Surrender by McCarthy. Now, it's one thing to think that McCarthy once thought this way. For McCarthy, McCarthy to say the events never happened is now challenged by audio evidence provided by the authors, because McCarthy went public and said this never happened. The authors said, it did. We have the evidence. And apparently there are more tapes to come out in the book publication on May the 3rd. Um, McCarthy's a coward. Uh, but there is also some more, which we'll cover another time about Mitch McConnell. We've got an audio one uh, contradicts McCarthy's denial. Liz, you on the phone? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks, Kevin. Um, I guess there's a question when when we were talking about the 25th Amendment resolution, um, yeah. And you asked if, if you know what happens if it gets there after he's gone. Is is there any chance? Are you hearing that he might resign? Is there any reason to think that might happen? I've had a few discussions. My gut tells me no. Um, I'm seriously. Thinking of having that conversation with him tonight. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. Um, from what I know of him, I mean, you guys all know him too. Do you think he'd ever back away? But what what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to call him. My this, this is what I think. Um, no one will pass the house. I think there's a chance he'll pass the Senate even when he's gone. Um, and. I think there's a lot of different ramifications for that. Now, I haven't had a discussion with the Dems that if we did design, would it not happen? Now, this is one personal fear I have. Um, I do not want to get into any conversations about Pence's part or anything like that. I mean, the only discussion I would have with him 
is that I think this will pass, and it would be my recommendation we should be done. Um, I mean, that would be my take, but I don't think he would take it, but I don't know. <sighs> He's denied this ever happened. It didn't he denied that. <laughs> He's also said that the tape was audited, was edited to make it sound like he's saying things that he didn't say. But we've also got another short audio of what he actually said on the House floor on the 13th, three days later, on the 13th of January. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. These facts require immediate action by President Trump. Accept his share of responsibility, quell the brewing unrest, and ensure President-elect Biden is able to successfully begin his term. This is a man. Sorry, Dave, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I just the, the, the game they're playing, I, hopefully, you know, most Americans can see through some of this. Like, because the Republican Party, once upon a time, there's the neoconservatives, the small government, all of this stuff, you know, uh, foreign military, you know, American might. It's like none of that matters anymore. What matters only is the culture war. What matters is stuff around uh, critical race theory that's fake, you know, uh, fake pedophile accusations, uh, the QAnon stuff. I was just saying the Republican Party doesn't seem to have a core anymore. It's not about standing for anything in particular. It's just trying to win the culture war and yes. throwing out nonsense. Like it, it doesn't, not, nothing matters, nothing sacrosanct for them anymore. Yeah. Well, this is Trump's party, rather like a bit like an empty vessel. You know, there's just nothing there. I mean, all it is, it's, it breeds is anger, um, retribution, every, everything that you can think is criminally petty seems to be coming out. You know, they had nothing nice to say about Judge um, Jackson's um, um, appointment or, or nomination. None, none of it was positive. And the kind of crazy rhetoric they were employing, you know, it's not the kind of thing that unites a country. But what we do know is, and this is really important, the playbook that, fa that failed, which is that um, they are seeking to, they're seeking to elect uh, Trumpian uh, uh, senators and uh, Congress people who, at the next election, if Trump should fail to win the election, can do the precise thing that they attempted to do on this occasion. So the American law is in big trouble. It has to change. Otherwise, we're at the control of despotic, tyrannical people in America who can manipulate election results at the stroke of a pen. And is, if that's what the Americans want to do, and the Republican Party want to do good luck to them, but I'm sure long in the long run it won't it won't succeed because they're all already fighting each other. But well, the this is it. You've got take something small like Florida, and there's that Ron DeSantis governor, and very recently what he, as we know, Disney World and a lot of the theme parks are in America, yes. and what he did was undo because Disney are supporting the LGBT community and equality and diversity and all the rest of it and doing the right thing in the world, he decided that they are going to remove, um, basically the way of explaining it is all of Disneyland is looked after, the fire brigade, the security, all of the building works, whatever, is looked after by Disney as like a, a special community company that was something that was agreed way back in the 60s. And he's just undone that, which means all the local residents are going to be liable for about two billion pounds in, in taxes because the, Florida doesn't have an income tax. 
it taxes the tourists because they get so many millions of tourists. So when I don't, you've never been, have you, Des? But whenever you buy, you know, you buy something for ten dollars, it always ends up like twelve dollars something. You're like, why? Oh, because you've got to add sales tax, and it's never on the actual sodden price. It's like going in a cash and carry when they've not put the VAT on it. So this is how they make all their money. So I wouldn't annoy Disney too much. Like I heard another commentator say, um, America's favorite brand. <laughs> anyway, he's decided to pick a fight with them in order to seem that he is fighting the culture war. Like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's maddening. It's maddening. There... <sighs> It's actually frightening to think that if the Republicans were elected, um, had the House majority in either Senate or the um, Congress, their rule would be quite tyrannical. And Not necessarily. Biden can veto everything. Because remember, you have to, if you want to override the veto, you have to pass it with a two-thirds majority, which they will not have. So you could be in the reverse of what happened to Obama when he's sending everything and they won't pass anything. And then you could have a Senate that passes loads of things and Biden's veto stamp is getting worn out and he has to order a new one. Like you just veto, 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 veto. That could be quite amusing. But it doesn't, it's quite dysfunctional. It doesn't solve anything. It doesn't, no, no. Doesn't, no, it doesn't solve anything. Um, America can't make any, any, any real progress. Um, and God helps the Republican Party if McCarthy wins, becomes the majority. Oh, no, they're going to they're gonna get rid of him for sure. They're waiting for the midterms and then he's out. You know, they keep talking about trying to make Trump the bloody speaker because Jim Jordan's <laughs> little freedom gang have the, you know, the kind of uh, the biggest voting block. Anyway, enough about them. Shall we jump to the this side of the, the Russian pond? general? Yes. Um, the Russian general, Alexander Vornikov, better known as the butcher of Syria, is now Putin's new um, general, uh, Ukrainian general in, in charge of um, the, his, um, the invasion of Ukraine. And 150 FSB secret servicemen have been apparently purged by Putin for their failures, for his failures, for Putin's failures, because the plan of the, at the outset of the war was uh, a two-day invasion. Um, and um, this purge by Putin of, as I say, he's imprisoned 150 FSB secret servicemen um, before he finds out from his own people who have no desire, and nobody has any desire to tell Putin the, tr the truth about the political consequences of his of of, of the, 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 the the losing the war effectively um and uh biden's not helping putin at all because he's now telling putin what is exactly happening in his own country <laughs> he's saying um and uh <sighs> putin's just weakening the russian military because the belief at the moment is that We've had a massive influx of money. Um, we have an expansion of the sanctions against America. Putin has decided that he wanted to um, sanction, sanction actually, which is his, his, um, his playback. He wanted to um, show his defiance against the Bulgarians and the Pol Pol Polish for, um, for supporting the NATO. And uh, he's decided that he's going to cut off and has actually cut off their oil supplies, their oil and gas supplies. Uh, 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 Poland's response has been that it has 75% of what it currently needs. So it's not too concerned about that, the cutoff. And Bulgaria has similarly, who I think apparently rely on something like 90% of their, their power for, um, you know, the, 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 from Russia. They're even about 90% um, have also equally said that at this stage they're not too, too concerned with Russia's action. But the pipeline that goes from Russia to uh, Germany goes through Poland. 
So if the Poles really wanted to be devils, they could probably interfere with that. But and the, Russia's already warned them um, that you know that it's that that um, that you can't do that. But it's, what's interesting, I heard and a little story is that America is becoming the arsenal of democracy, and I love that expression because it's now thrown a further thirty-three billion. Yeah, I was about out. to say that. Yeah. Yeah, you you go ahead. You you. No, no, just yeah, it's, got, exactly that. 33, Thirty-three billion has uh, now been awarded to help Ukraine out in lots of ways. There's lots of weapons too. Lots of weapons. What was it? The, what was the line Biden said? An uncontinuous. Uh, no, not uncontinuous. An uh, an unstoppable continuing, uh, you know, delivery of weapons. So yeah. there's no bump in the road. Just like it's yeah. all paid for. Keep going. Keep sending the conveyor belt. But you might be amused to, well, not amused, I'm sure you won't be amused, but you might be interested to know that Ukraine rejected German president's planned visit. As you were telling us earlier that he, you know, that, um, that they've had lots of American visits. I think they had one from Blinken and Pelosi, as you've described, but apparently the German president wanted to, wanted to visit um, Ukraine and uh, Zelensky told him no. You know they're still accepting Russian oil and and gas, so it's all becoming rather ethical. <laughs> ethical. Think about it. Yeah. Yes. If we are the UK government happily announced how many weapons they are sending to Ukraine, do they say how many weapons they give to Saudi Arabia that is then used in Yemen? That's um, yeah, but they do not discuss that, do they? Yeah. And again, on question time this week, there was a wonderful um, audience member asking the panel, Why is the system not the same for the Syrians and the Afghanis as it is for the Ukrainians? The woman will say, I want to host people from Afghanistan, and the scheme does not exist. And none of the panel answered it there's because how do they answer yes there is a racism in it how, what other answer is there anyway turning to america uh, turning to the united kingdom did you see Absolutely. about pornography this week desmond i read i was listening and reading it with absolute amazement and a few questions came to mind so i will allow you to 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 provide the initial report and then if I throw some questions to you, which I thought might be relevant to this issue. Well, no, it was just two Tory um, women MPs that basically said they'd seen a male colleague watching pornography in the House of Commons, then ensued, oh, we will investigate, because uh, they did name him, but then, you know, the name didn't come out. Why, why won't they name him? So on and so on. And I think so close to the local elections, it was decided that he best out himself. So is this guy called Neil Parrish. Um, and in the end, he decided to resign rather than go through an investigation. Apparently he was looking up something to do with tractors and ended up on a similar website by mistake and so on and so on. But another time he admitted that he went actively looking. And he's done an interview this morning to that effect. I mean, it, what the more worrying headline is, and it's from the, the same week last week, is that over 50 MPs from different parties in the House of Commons are currently under investigation for sexual misconduct. 50. There's only 650 of them. You, yeah. I, I, yeah. If you, I, yeah. If you, if you had a, a normal business company, if you had 50, wouldn't you worry? Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> Maybe Absolutely. we should wonder how many uh, people are currently being investigated in the Metropolitan Police, since they keep, to, you know, seem to have cases keep bubbling out. Maybe they have a similar number. I don't know. We should try and compare like with like, Desmond. But there are thirty thousand members of the Metropolitan Police Service, not and not forgetting ancillary staff. So, yeah. The I, I, interesting anyway. thing for me is that it's it's a different world today than twenty, thirty, forty years ago. You know, you see, you see, you, you switch on television, you watch PMQs, and you know that these MPs are sitting there and they're busily attending to their 
their um their 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 you know their their, their telephones um you know the answering calls you know i don't know directing work all the sorts of and you sit there and you look at them and you think are they actually listening to what's being discussed are they part of the debate that's currently happening the world has changed and you know somebody came up with this idea perhaps they should they should have a block pornographic access directly to all you know, um, computer sites at the House of Commons, because that would, or, um, and the, the Lords, because that, that would go some way to preventing this occurring. Um, and yeah, but uh, remember, they, they found traces of cocaine in the Houses of Parliament, Desmond. Like, yeah. It, it, and again, I don't think we were on, but you've got the Child Q story recent, uh, recently, where the young girl, 15 years old, was strip searched by police officers, like where because supposedly she had cannabis on her. Like mm -hmm. it's all of this double standards. And Lindsay Hoyle, the speaker, he now wants to change the situation because basically MPs directly employ their staff members. So if the MPs are then up to no good, you are kind of reporting yourself to the person that's doing the no good. So what Lindsay Hoyle's suggesting is that they're all employ, employed by parliament. The MPs can still pick and choose who they hire, but it's just the, the line management and the HR responsibilities would fall to a greater authority so that you are not reporting to the boss about the mm -hmm. boss. Um, but yeah, that will take some cross-party agreement to get that through. But a long time in the coming, a long, long, long time in the coming. And together with Boris receiving his fixed penalty notice and being the first prime minister to break his own laws that he wrote. Like, it, it, yeah, there's a lot bubbling along. And now there is the parliamentary investigation into him, not forgetting the Sue Gray report and still the outcome of the Metropolitan Police investigation, which has not finished yet, because there are a lot more parties, well, alleged parties, Desmond, alleged parties after that one that he and the chancellor also received but this is also lots of top civil servants nobody seems to pay a price i bet you we, and there was a great question asked of the prime minister uh, it was on channel four and he asked him if it is found that you have the, the greatest number of covid fines um, in a location is 10 Downing Street. What does that say about 10 Downing Street? And Boris tried to start answering and he said, but actually that is the truth because the best I could find was something like 28 um, fines at a student party. And so far there's been 50 in Downing Street. So, <laughs> I don't think you could find, so, like, isn't that maddening? I don't know, Des. I don't know, maybe it's normal. Maybe it's, and now the debate is where they're all stupid. Well, then give everybody back their money that you find. Joanna Cherry, the SNP um, um, politician, she asked a good question. Um, at the, the PM gave her um, a international and domestic update at the, um, in the House a couple of weeks ago. And Joanna Sherry asked a very interesting question. Um, she asked a question about why the, the PM, why Boris did not fight his case if he thought it was a workplace issue, because that's been his argument. It's a workplace issue. Um, and uh, the Trump's Trump, Boris's response. <laughs> easily mistaken, doesn't it? Easily mistaken. <laughs> Boris's response was to declare that he made a poor decision and has accepted he was wrong. I don't think Trump would do that. But however, he did that. And that was really interesting. But there were one or two also interesting comments and questions asked on that day. Um, um, and, you know, the person I found, um, I, I really found a little bit difficult to take in the all of the question. I thought that... Um, um, what's his name? Bryant, uh, Chris Bryant, um, asked really important questions uh, to the Prime Minister about, to Boris about, um, made comments about what had occurred 
but more importantly, focus on the Ukrainian intervention issue, his intervention, Ukrainian issue. And I thought that was really, really, really useful that, that you know, that he did that. Because to me, the, the Ukrainian issue for us is more threatening than the, this whole Partygate issue. I, I, I'm not saying that it's not something that they should deal with and take appropriate action. But I'm feeling right now, maybe not the time. And I, I think I'm trying to think who the the um, um, Labour MP who's now also pushing that up, that that um, that position with the Keir Starmer, um, um, Lisa Nandy is saying, you know, there are more important issues for us to debate now. We need to move the debate forward because there's so much still left in the pipeline. A report is coming out, so this this issue is not going to escape the prime minister's that long net that's laid out there for the prime minister at some point he's going to have to deal with it but right now we really need to look at look at ukraine because what's happening in our back door in our backyard in ukraine is threatening world peace and democracy and we need to be focused on that and um uh, you know i found the person i found really diff made a really difficult speech at that that event was Lloyd Russell Moyle, because um, I didn't realize that he was also not only a Labour but a cooperative MP. I didn't know that. Um, he started calling the MP a liar, and and he had to. He was made by the Speaker to withdraw the mark, and it's just like, come on, let's move on. Let's we'll deal with this. <laughs> But let's talk about Ukraine, because I think it's really important. And don't allow, because they're allowing Boris to steal. The, the Labour Party is allowing Boris to steal a march on them by becoming the good guy in terms of, you know, international politics where Ukraine is concerned. And I think that they could have some of that praise heaped on them. But the, don't just surrender that area to him fight him on that area too. So I was a little bit disappointed with that. But um, you had one Tory MP, I think it was a Mark Harper. He criticized the MP and said, it, uh, the part of the um, prime minister and said he would not support it. So there's a lot of internal issues within the Tory party, which means that this issue is not going to go away. So let it die for this moment. <laughs> that's, what, that's what my advice to Starmer would be. Let it die for the moment. And let's let's deal with the cost of living and all the other issues that are equally important to the British people. So anyway, that's oh, <laughs> show sixty-one and done, Nadez. Dave, congratulations! By the way, we have weathered the storm and we have fought in the most impressive fight in maintaining some commentary about. Well, politics that I I feel personally, I don't know your your view on this, and I'd probably ask what your view is on this, is that I just really feel that we're in a really dangerous situation at the moment. World politics can really go. It, the, the balance of power between democracy and autocracy is very much in the balance at the moment. Imagine it's a scale that we've got currently. And we've got you've got the Russian and the Chinese on one side, and then you've got the rest on the other, you know, the, the the American, the British, and the French on the other side. Um, and the the balance is very much, you know, equal. as someone famously said, there's maybe it's from a film, I think, there are more of us than there is of them. I hope it stays that way though, Dave. Well, Charlie Chaplin famously said, dictators die, but liberty will yeah. never perish. Ooh, nice one. Yeah. I like that. What are we finishing off this week with this? Well, the Ukrainian soldiers are so pleased of the, um, what do they call them? The drone missiles, the drones that they get from um, Turkey, Turkey, that they have put together a song called Baraktar. And this is uh, by way of a thank you and also 
talk about the immense power of the Barakta, <laughs> the drones. Catch you next week, Des. And you, Dave. Take care. Or, or should I say Barakta to you? <laughs> <laughs> Weapons of mass destruction, eh? <laughs> Прийшли окупанти до нас в Україну, форма новенька, воєнні машини, та трохи поплавився їх інвентар. Байрактар. Байрактар. Російські танкісти сховались в кущі, щоб лаптя посорбати довбаніщі, та трохи у щах перегрівся навар. Байрактар. Сходу припхались до нас барани для восстановления великой страны. Найкращий пастух баранячий потар. Байрактар. Байрактар. Их доводы всякие озброения, разные ракеты, потужные машины залезни. У нас на все доводы есть комментар. Байрактар. Захопити хотіли нас зразу, і ми зачаїли на орків образу з бандитів російських робить примар. Байрактар. Байрактар. Російська поліція справи заводить на вбивцю рашистів, ніяк не знаходить, хто ж винен, що в нашому полі глухар. Байрактар. Веде пропаганду кремлівський урод, слова пропаганди ковтає народ, тепер нове слово знає їх цар.